0: Welcome to the Reading the Bible Daily with Dave podcast. This podcast is devoted to helping increase your daily exposure to God's Word with a short scripture reading and brief commentary on key ideas, themes, and theology in each chapter. Now please join your host, Dave Jenkins, for today's episode. Well, welcome back to the Reading the Bible Daily with Dave podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. Today is February 11th, and today we're going to look at Genesis 42. Just as a reminder, every day I read one chapter of the Bible. Uh, So today we're going to read from Genesis 42 and look at it. And we'll look at today key ideas, themes, and theology very briefly. Uh, The goal of this is to get you into God's Word for about 5 to 20 minutes every day. So let's get into our reading today from Genesis 42. Genesis 42 says this, And when Jacob learned that there was grain for sale in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is grain for sale in Egypt. Go down and buy grain for us there, that we may live and not die. And so ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin Joseph's brother with his brothers, for he feared that harm might happen to him. Thus the sons of Israel came to buy among the others who came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And now Joseph was governor over the land. He was the one who sold all the people all the land. And so Joseph's brothers came and bowed themselves before him with their faces to the ground. And Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke roughly to them. "'Where do you come from?' he said. They, "'They said, "'From the land of Canaan to buy food.' "'And Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. "'And Joseph remembered the dream that he had dreamed of them. "'And he said to them, "'You are spies. "'You have come to see the nakedness of the land.' "'They said, "'No, my lord, your servants have come to buy food. "'We are all sons of one man. "'We are honest men. "'Your servants have never been spies.' So he said to him, no, it is the nakedness of the land that you have come to see. And they said, we, your servants are 12 brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father and one is no more. But Joseph said to them, it is, as I said to you, you are spies by this, you shall be tested by the life of Pharaoh. You shall not go from this place unless your youngest brother comes here. "'Send one of you and let him bring your brother "'while you remain confined, "'that your words may be tested whether there is truth in you, "'or else by the life of Pharaoh surely you are spies.' "'And he put them all together in custody for three days. "'On the third day, Joseph said to them, "'Do this and you will live, for I fear God.' If you are honest men, let one of your brothers remain confined where you are in custody and let the rest go and carry grain for the famine of your households and bring your youngest brother to me. So your words will be verified and you shall not die. And they did so. And then they said to one another, in truth, we are guilty concerning our brother in that we saw the distress of his soul when he begged us and we did not listen. This is why this distress has come to us. And Reuben answered, did I not tell you not to sin against the boy, but you did not listen. So now there is a reckoning for his blood. They did not know that Joseph understood them, for there, there was an interpreter between them. And then they turned away from them and wept. And he returned to them and spoke to them, and he took Simon from them and bound them before their eyes. And Joseph gave orders to fill their, their bags with grain and to replace every man's money in his sack, and to give them provision, provisions for the journey. This was done for them. And then they loaded their donkeys with the grain and departed. And as one of them opened his sack to give his donkey fodder at the lodging place, He saw his money in the mouth of a sack, and he said to his brothers, My money has been put back. Here it is in the mouth of my sack. And at this, their hearts failed them, and they turned trembling to one another, saying... What is this that God has done uh, to us? And when they came to Jacob, their father in the land of Canaan, they told him that all that had happened to them saying, the man, the Lord of the land spoke roughly to us and took us to be spies of the land. But we said to him, we are honest men. We have never been spies. We are trial brothers, sons of our father. One is no more. And the youngest is this day with our father in the land of Canaan. And then the man, the Lord of the land, said to us, By this I shall know that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers with me, and take grain for the famine of your household, and go your way. Bring your youngest brother to me, then I shall know that you are not spies, but honest men, and I will deliver your brother to you, and you shall not trade in the land. And so as they emptied their sack, behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when they and their father saw their bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob, their father, said to them, "'You have bereaved me of my children. Joseph is no more, Simon is no more, and now you would take Benjamin.' All this has come against me. And then Reuben said to his father, kill my two sons if I do not bring him back to you. Put him in my hands and I will bring him back to you. But he said, my son shall not go down with you for his brother is dead and he is the only one left. If harm should happen to him on the journey that you are about to make, you would bring me down, bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to Sheol. Well, this is our reading today from Genesis 42. God's promise to crush Satan in Genesis 3.15 by increasing Abraham and using his family to bless all the nations of the earth in Genesis 12.1-3 has been greatly furthered in the life of Jacob. This is especially true of Joseph, Jacob's favorite son, who has risen to power in Egypt for the purpose of feeding a starving world in Genesis 41.56-57. Joseph's brothers, also agents of the Lord will use to bless the earth, have been absent from the scene for several chapters, but now Roses returns to them in order to tell us how they were reconciled to Joseph. Seven years of famine were not unheard of in the ancient world, but it was rare for both Canaan and Egypt to experience a lack of food at the same time. As we see in this chapter today, the hunger present in the land of the Nile in Genesis 41:55 was also found in Palestine. Learning that food was available in Egypt, Jacob tells his sons to straighten up and go there to buy grain in Genesis 42-2 and Genesis 42-5. So, unknown to, unbeknownst to him, the availability of food is due to the wisdom of his son Joseph and a worldwide famine that has occurred in God's providence in order to bless and protect God's people by bringing them into Egypt, as we'll see in Genesis 46, 1-4. Now, Jacob does not know that his beloved son is still alive, and the, the years that have passed since Joseph's supposed demise in Genesis uh, 37 have done nothing to eliminate his favoritism for Rachel's children. He will not send her son Benjamin uh, with his brothers, for he feared that harm might happen to them, as we see in Genesis 42, 3-4. And so it may well be that Jacob suspected that Joseph's end was not the accident his brothers allege. And so he wants to ensure the safety of his youngest son pharaoh's dreams have come to pass as we saw in chapter 41 but joseph is still waiting to see his family again which would fulfill the dreams of his youth as we see in genesis 37 5 through 11 and so this fulfillment it begins today when his brothers out of innumerable multitude of foreigners looking for food happened to come before their once hated brother instead of one of the numerous officials joseph would have had under him to help him distribute the grain and yet we know that this is no coincidence the lord has orchestrated this event to make joseph lord over his brothers as we see in genesis 42 verse 6 now once again events converge to bring about the lord's plan for his people a famine happens to occur in canaan and egypt joseph's brothers happen to come before him instead of some other nameless official Indeed, God is sovereign over all of history, even when things seem out of control and those who hate the church are in power, nothing happens that God cannot use for his good and for our joy. We should thereby be comforted in troubling times and difficult times by this truth. Joseph is a true believer in the Lord and an heir of the Abrahamic covenant knew that the Lord's people first had to go into Egypt so that Yahweh could rescue them and bring them to the promised land. Joseph also knew that God's people must be sons of the spirit and not sons according to the flesh alone, as we see in Galatians 3, 1 through 9. His brothers' past actions rendered the sincerity of their faith questionable in chapters 37-38 through 38 of Genesis. But Joseph also knew that, that repentant sinners are sons of the Spirit. He, he would bring his brothers into Egypt if they demonstrated that they were the Lord's holy people by showing remorse for their evil. Now, Joseph's accusations and even imprisonment of his brothers are a test to see if they are now his spiritual kin. This testing comes about indirectly, for if it were obvious that Joseph was the tester, any godliness they manifested might only be for a show. Joseph must see if they will repent for the right reasons. And so, thus, he incarcerated his brothers to help them come clean regarding their sins against them in verse 17 of our chapter today. In fact, according to our chapter today, Joyce's ploy is successful. His brothers see that their deeds have been evil, Uh, they feel divine retribution and according to verse 21 of our chapter as often happens when we are convicted the holy spirit has used outward means of discipline while stirring the brother's conscience and john calvin comments god in order to lead the sons of jacob to repentance impel them as well by the secret instinct of the spirit as by the outward chastisement to become sensible of that sin which had long to been concealed Our Lord will use any means necessary to provoke His people to repentance and to keep them in the faith. This is why the proper administration of church discipline is so vital and why it must be understood rightly and practiced biblically. Our Father often works through such outward means to accomplish the purification of our souls, and so we must not fear the discipline of His body. Church leaders can do much to encourage their congregations to receive church discipline if they follow the example of Joseph and make it clear that discipline comes from a compassionate desire to see restoration and the reconciliation of the sinner. Now, Scripture is clear that church discipline is not to be carried out with the aim of vengeance. It said restoration must be the aim, and a disciplined person is to be forgiven when they repent. All Christians are to be involved in the church discipline, whether privately or in worst-case scenarios, publicly before the elders. If you must rebuke a brother or a sister in Christ, make it clear that you seek their repentance and their restoration. So, though his brothers protested their innocence, Joseph's accusation that they were spies in verses 7-16 through was actually pretty reasonable for honest. In ancient times, guards were placed at the frontier borders of Egypt and would interrogate travelers to see if they engaged in espionage. In times of distress, such as famine, spies would look for weaknesses in the ruling empire and even seek out ways to steal the country's grain. So Joseph's brothers expected him to be an Egyptian native, not, not their kin and his reasonable accusation, it confirms their erroneous suspicions and even keeps his identity hidden so that they can test him. So our chapter today after furthest proof of the brothers change of heart. As they report back to Jacob about their time in Egypt, they do not reveal completely what had happened, apparently out of love for their father. For instance, they do not say that Simon is a prisoner. He has only been left in the land of the Nile, suggesting he was the guest of the Pharaoh's steward in verse 33. They also leave out Joseph's threat of execution, so they return without Benjamin in verses 18-20 through and verse 34, to allay any anxiety their father had about letting his youngest son go with them to Egypt. In fact, Reuben shows concern for his father's feelings by even offering his own sons as a pledge of Benjamin's safety, although his suggestion is itself ill-conceived at best, according to verse 37. Now, we might fault Joseph's brothers for playing fast and loose with the truth, but it seems they're confident Joseph will live up to his end of the bargain, and all is going to be well if they can persuade their father to send Benjamin with them. After all, Joseph did say that he fears God and proved it when he let most of them go back to Canaan, enabling them to carry more than just a little food for the family in verses 14 through 25. So even if their motives in changing the account of their stay are not entirely pure, the fear prompted by money and the sacks, it shows us they are realizing their guilt. Now they are reminded of their earlier sin just as they had returned home with money, but not Joseph in Genesis thirty seven, twenty eight through thirty six. Now they have now they have money but no Simon. Indeed, God is doing something. He is working in the hearts to make them acknowledge and even turn from their sin. Gentleness, we must say, is one of the fruits of the Spirit's work in us, as we see in Galatians 5:22 22-23. Joseph's brothers are not perfect, but the way in which they approach their father suggests a new concern for Jacob's feeling and their transformation by the Spirit. We must say gentle people are not wimps. They correct others with hard truth if need be, as we see in 2 Timothy two twenty four and 26. But they do not relish seeing others torn down. Instead, they yearn to see uh, brokenness produce repentance. Are you today growing in gentleness? Joseph's dream of his brothers, she is bowing to his, has come true in Genesis 37, 5 through 8, and Genesis 42, 6, but it still remains for his parents and his younger brother to come before him. However, he still does not know if these others are alive, and so he moves to find out uh, through the rest of his family. And yet, Joseph does not reveal his identity to his brothers when they first bow before him in verse 7 of our chapter today, probably because he assumes they will not tell him. They envied sibling the truth. Instead, Joseph accuses his brothers of being spies sent to uncover Egypt's weakened state in verses 8-12 through of our chapter. Under pressure, they confess that Benjamin is still alive and begin to allay Joseph's fears about his brother's fate. But Joseph does not know whether they still have come to acknowledge their guilt for the way they got rid of him. In fact, they gloss over his fate, merely saying that, that Joseph before whom they unknowingly stand is no more in verse 13. Joseph accuses his brothers not only to find out about the rest of his family, but also to punish them for their sins. They are put in prison, for example, just as Joseph was imprisoned by them in the pit in Genesis thirty-seven twenty-four. This eye-for-an-eye eye justice of the lex talionis again falls on those deserving it. Now, notice that Joseph's actions does not violate the turn the other cheek principle Jesus demands from godly people in Matthew five thirty-eight through 42 Instead, he gave this rule not to overturn the Lex Talionis administered by the state, but to correct its misunderstanding in his day. Many in the first century had perverted the Lex Talionis into a mandate for revenge of all sorts of minor interpersonal offenses. This is what Jesus forbade. Joseph, as a civil magistrate, applies Lex Talionis justly when he puts his brothers in prison, especially since their sale of him into slavery could merit execution. Somewhat unexpectedly, Joseph has a tender heart towards those who have persecuted him. As we're going to see tomorrow, Joseph wanted reconciliation and restoration most of all. Matthew Henry says that Joseph's accusation did not spring from a spirit of revenge. It was to bring them to repentance. Confronting somebody in their sin, it's always difficult. Perhaps you're a parent who must discipline a child. Perhaps Maybe you are an elder tasked confronting a church member engaged in unrepented sin. Whatever the case, it is hard to speak the truth in love when hard truths must be told. But God often uses our confronting of others to lead them to repentance. Do not be afraid to confront sinners, but always do it with compassion and the hope it's going to produce repentance. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching today's episode of Reading the Bible Daily with Dave. My name is Dave, and today is February 11th, and we've looked at Genesis 42. Until tomorrow, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Reading the Bible Daily with Dave podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to also like, subscribe, or follow Servants of Grace on Facebook, Instagram, X, or YouTube. We appreciate your support.